Hi, welcome to the Taking Control of Your Diabetes podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Jeremy Pettis. I'm joined as always by Dr. Steve Edelman. And importantly today, we have our first ever guest on the TCOAD podcast. That is Dr. Jenny Luna. Say hi, Jenny. Hi, everyone. I am so honored to be the first guest. You should be. It's a very, very important <laughs> honor. We don't let anybody on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That I know. Like, literally, we have not let anybody on the show. No, you have to be really cool, good, smart, and you got to have the whole package. Oh, you guys are so sweet. I'm a little upset that I'm farther away than, than usual from you, Steve. Yeah, though Jenny's in the, in the middle here. But anyways, our topic today is on uh, globally on weight, yeah. um, weight loss. The you know kind of the issues, so many issues around weight in general. We just completed a TCOAD live broadcast, which was actually the three of us, you know, talking kind of nuts and bolts about weight management, you know, what the issues are around weight and, you know, some of the new medications, kind of more of a doctor talk, if you will. Right. And we wanted to use this medium to, to get into some of the, you know, the more conversation around it. Right. And I think a good place to start is by telling us who you are, okay. a little of your background, maybe where you grew up, and then ultimately how you got into being a weight loss specialist. Okay. Well, yeah. So I'm an endocrinologist in training and, um, you know, I'm uh, I'm from Dominican Republic, uh, which is a beautiful island. We were just talking about all the awesome places to go before we, we went on air. Um, have two beautiful daughters, uh, keep me going, uh, my, my two motivators of life, obviously. And um, yes, I started the journey of obesity medicine, I would say, shortly right after training, when you realize you're out of that, you know, training or academic setting where everything is beautiful, right? You have amazing mentors, you're learning so much. And then you start private practice, which is, you know, quote unquote, the real world. Um, you're seeing 20 patients a day, 15 minutes per patient. And, you know, your goal is to try to get, like for my patients with diabetes, get them at a good glycemic control. So yeah, blood sugars are great. A1C, 6.3%. But then I looked at the patient and they're gaining weight. They're, you know, Obviously, they're telling me I don't feel well. I know my blood sugars are okay, but I'm not comfortable with my weight. It's, it keeps going up. My knees are hurting. Um, so, so when you were in your training, like your fellowship, mm -hmm. did you know that this is where you wanted to land? It's, it's, um, I've always had a fascination. Um, I even gave an entire lecture on the adipose tissue or, or the fat cell. Um, I found it. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was Steve. I, know, that was Steve. That was Steve. I, I don't know. I just love it. So, <laughs> so, you know, everyone's got their niche. So yeah, I, um, I was always fascinated by it, but I didn't really think that that was going to be what I was going to well, do. And I'm asking yeah. because, you yeah. know, you and I did our training kind of at similar times, which wasn't right. that long ago. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't a well-defined no, like, specialty yeah. that you could go into. No. So, I mean, there wasn't, you mentioned mentors, but there there wasn't a lot, no. you know, even 10 years ago of kind of, of these weight right. clinics. Right, right, so it's only right. a relatively new thing that people are even thinking that they can make a career out of. Right, right. It was always kind of a side hustle. Exactly. You know, yeah. and so now like, um, so tell us a little bit about that. So out of training, you went into more kind of general endocrine and now right. or just more recently specializing yes. right yes yeah so when when i was seeing this the struggles let's say that my patients were going through i'm like okay I, something's got to give i i started doing pretty much every possible training that i could to really feel well-rounded so i took classes to become a health coach i took culinary classes in new york city i um then then at that point i learned about um uh the obesity uh 
associations and um let me ask were these things kind of supported when you told faculty members hey i'm taking this wellness coach thing where they were like you're weird yeah pretty much yeah. yeah everyone's like jenny this is just a job you know you should i'm like this is not just a job this is you know we're taking care of patients here these are you know my mom is a type 2 diabetic and you know it's i treat my patients like i would to treat my family so you know this is what i would expect any any um, colleague to do as well so yeah a lot of people were like that's that's so weird that you have this this interest and you had to go out and Look yes, for it. yes. Yeah. And then when I went to uh, Obesity Week, it was... Obesity ama- Week? Yeah. Well, you can't I just say that. that like that. I went thing. to Spam Week. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was a conference. Okay. <laughs> it was a conference. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. It was a conference, okay. yeah. Where was it? It, it was a medical... It was in Maryland. Uh, and um, Mardi Gras Obesity Week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was a medical conference. And I found people just like me. Okay. I felt like, you know, the, the ugly duckling that just met their group of people and there were just lectures from, you know, um, other doctors talking about the mechanism behind uh, weight gain. And it was just so rewarding. I'm like, this is what I want to do. This yeah. is what gives me life to actually implement this uh, on my on my patients. And, you know, then I created a comprehensive program. I started implementing this in my practice. And, you know, patients were losing weight. And now with all the other medications, um, having that perspective and, um now that that type of, of style, let's say, to take care of the patients, it was so rewarding not only for the patient to lose the weight and to feel healthy and feel good, but for me as their doctor, it, it's, it's been priceless. Yeah. And you can't just say, try this drug, lose right. 30 pounds, come back. And, right. I, and what we heard on the TCOID Live, which is on our website, mm-hmm. um, you take a multidisciplinary approach, getting to know the patient, what their mm-hmm. own personal uh, desires are, and right. that sets well, them up for success. And I think that's right. worth talking about because... You know, I, you know, out of my training and again, everybody's is that you're not really equipped with tools to deal with mm-hmm. weight. You don't have a multidisciplinary team. So what has that journey been like for you that let's say fresh out of uh, fellowship that you were seeing patients and you probably had to deal with weight on your own yes. to where you are now and what like a multidisciplinary clinic really looks like and what that means. Right, right. Yes, that that's a, a yeah, that's a great question because it Thanks. was really. I, I, I wrote that one. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, because yeah, it was hard. It was so hard. Um, I felt like I needed to learn everything. So I, I felt like I needed to know about the about nutrition, how to do um, coaching, and I did. I learned all of that, the cooking, and um, and I actually did create my own um, startup. It was called uh, Nido, where um, I worked with 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 patients and clients, you know, on helping them lose weight. N I D O. N I D O. Yeah. And that was, that was the website that you had. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, no. and we had a you know YouTube channel and cartoons. What and does it mean again? It, it means nest in Spanish. Okay. So um, in Spanish, you would say nido. Okay. Um, and it's a you know a place of new beginnings and of, of community and trust. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a, a lonely road. Um, uh, but then knowing that, and actually I'm grateful for it because I feel like that really gave me the foundation to then... N- be able to have this conversation with my registered dietitians and with the bariatric sh- surgeon. And, you know, I have that understanding, that base, um, which is, I feel, um, has given me a different outlook on how I take care of the patient. That's a little bit different than how other people might approach right. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what, what do you think a, a clinic 
needs now to really address all these different issues with a patient? Like if you could design your ultimate kind of weight loss situation for a patient to, to walk into, what would that look like? Right. So it would have to definitely include um, someone that is passionate about talking to people about food. So it could be a registered dietitian, could be a certified health coach, um, but someone that's going to be able to take the time um, to not just give a list to the patient. I feel like that that's a common practice. And, and not just the plastic, like rice, right, food models. Right, and things. I no. mean, those can be helpful, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right. Someone who really kind of gets into it. Okay, yeah, keep going. Yeah, and for sure. And someone that um, also understands the different ethnicities. And, you know, um, for instance, someone from the Caribbean, like where I'm from, um, eats very different, let's say, from someone from Japan. So to having that uh, flexibility, I think, is is important. Um, and and, you know. and that, that really is important. And right. see, we always make a big deal that, you know, kind of changes to your diet have to be within your cultural preferences. You know, telling people, you know, that they just can't eat rice anymore, right. Right. Um, yeah. you know, it's right. not really acceptable. <laughs> like there has to be ways around it of limiting it, of, of doing alternatives. So that's, that's, that's great. Exactly. Well, yes. I bet you having... Uh, some experience as a clinical psychologist mm -hmm. has to be helpful because yes that too i mean talk about some of the reasons why people gain weight i mean mm -hmm. there's there's you know is it from their childhood is it mm -hmm. from depression is it from having a bad spouse i mean yeah. probably a ton of reasons yeah i mean i i i pretty much all of everything you mentioned definitely does influence um, uh, weight. So I've heard stories from patients, you know, that tell me that when they were kids, they were bullied and, you know, because they were overweight. And then that just kind of fed the cycle because it's a, a sense of hopelessness. Like, well, this is just me. This is my destiny. Or being in an abusive relationship too. I've, you know, I've had, you know, I had a female patient where, um, she was assaulted as a teenager and she didn't want to lose weight because she never wanted someone to do that to her again. But then she wanted to lose weight for health reasons. So they're having yeah, a clinical... A constant like internal struggle. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So having um, someone, uh, you know, clinical psychologist there to kind of help and walk them through that while everyone else is doing their part too. And what does that mean? Is that somebody you can walk down the hall and say mm -hmm. like, see this person? Or like, again, how's that clinic kind of set up that... Yes, yes. It, yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, like that. Someone, a behaviorist that can um, kind of really dig in if there's if there's some, some issue there that needs to be kind of uh, addressed. So, yeah. But that kind of clinic is rare. It is, yeah. I, I worked in a place uh, in, in the East Coast uh, that had all of that. So we were very spoiled. Um, and it was so nice because we would actually have monthly meetings where we would discuss patients and, mm -hmm. you know, how is this patient doing? And, and it is rare. But that's where we kind of refer patients, you know, to our local colleagues and things that might have uh, an interest in, in, in weight management. Mm -hmm. And I, I've seen people who have weight problems, and it boils down to their parents were super heavy. Yeah. Parents like to eat rich, fatty, inflammatory foods, yes. uh, as we learned <laughs> on our last TCOID Live. And that's what they're brought up with. And right. it's really, it it's, goes from one generation to the next. Right, right. So yeah. you have to break that cycle. And, and that right. dovetails in, like, a question you wrote, Steve, is great, is, you know, is willpower to blame? Mm -hmm. Which, again, like you have alluded to, comes up all the time that people are just like kind of told that they're not strong-willed or they're just lazy mm -hmm. or like so how much work do you have to do when you first meet a patient to kind of convince them that you're on their side <laughs> right, you know because right, they right. like 
you know, even when patients come to see me for diabetes, they know I have type 1. They're usually very defensive, mm -hmm. and it takes a while to kind of win them over, to be honest. Right, so how right. do you, like, navigate those first meetings? Yeah, I mean, I think also it starts even with body language um, and what you say um, and listening. I feel like I usually start to say, you know, um, you know what? How can I help you? It's kind of more of a conversation, not so much of, oh, I think you need to do this and this and this and this. It's em never. Empathy. Yes, yeah, and yep. having that compassion. Um, and, I mean, you can't really, you, you, you really can't fake that. So, you know, if you're, if you're in yeah. weight management, you're in this because you really love to do it. So when patients come in, they're, they're aware of that as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just working with them and, and for them to know that it is a safe space um, and that we're there to, to support them through the process. And then explaining to them what are the factors after listening to their story that's actually influencing their weight. And it's usually not the diet. It's, you know, yeah, mom and dad were overweight or, you know, there's um, uh, other maybe medications that are promoting weight gain. So those all those things I feel like make a big, big difference yeah. to discuss. And I'm guessing there's a lot of tears, you mm -hmm. know, that come in. It, it, it's interesting because even like, again, in diabetes, that right. patients start to open up and it's it's very mm -hmm. common for people to get emotional, tearful, because they're mm -hmm. carrying with them so much um, yeah. guilt and they're working hard. And, you know, so, um, you know, when that comes up and those emotions, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of let people have their moment with that, right. like you help them through it or. Yeah, just to have their moment. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's it's probably the first time they ever told someone else, you know, about it. So and they feel really good at the end. I mean, sometimes the first visit is just that just getting to know the patient. Um, I like to allow that space not to be like, OK, well, then now let's talk about the medication. No. So we basically <laughs> allow that space for them to just let it all out. We know what's going on and, and how you're feeling and, and then move forward with that. Because, yeah, there is a lot of stigma around weight. Um, so, you know, they've probably seen a provider already that's told them you need to lose weight, you know, um, and not in a nice way. Too. Yeah, we're, we're working <clears throat> against, like your patients, Jeremy, they're, they've had doctors who just give them grief mm -hmm. right, right. and so they're used to that and they walk in very hesitant mm -hmm. there is um an increased risk of depression when um when patients are struggling with weight when, when they have obesity and it's because they enter this state of hopelessness where it's like i'm eating healthy i'm doing what my doctor's telling me to do i'm doing what i see on television but i'm not losing weight so they feel stuck it's like there's nothing they're doing that's right and you know they give up so it's a it's a vicious cycle and they notice maybe now i have now my blood sugar is going up and now my blood pressure and oh my doctor just keeps putting on more medication so that in itself leads to this kind of state of hopelessness mm -hmm. um, so there is an increased risk for depression yeah do the antidepressants we usually use they do they help with that type of depression related to weight yeah so that that's interesting um there have been studies actually showing that because of the chronic inflammation that um, that there is in obesity, it can cross the blood-brain barrier and actually decrease the effectiveness of the antidepressants. So, um, you know, just putting them on antidepressants, which sometimes can cause weight gain, um, some of them do, 
might not help. So, you know, treating the root of the problem, kind of taking that that approach more comprehensive and, and holistic is more beneficial. And, you know, they need to, um, there's, for instance, medications that are for weight loss that have mix of like bupropion and um, naltraxone, uh, contrave, you know, that sometimes can do both, can help with both. So I'm, as I'm listening, I'm thinking like, how has your, your emotions around this changed over time? You know, I'm thinking about how you felt kind of at the end of the day, let's say five years ago mm-hmm. versus now, like, I mean, are you seeing, you know, we just talked about new medications on the, on the, on the TCYD live, which we can talk about more. How's the energy around this space changing? Yeah. How is patient attitudes? How's your attitude changing? Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's uh, a, <laughs> it's, you know, it's fun because now it's something we're doing together and they're, they're losing weight. Now there's a, you know, so many options too that, yeah, we're approaching the lifestyle, but now there are medications that are going to help. Um, and then they come back and they're like, oh my God, I lost five pounds and I feel really good. And I'm able to fit in my old pants again, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of it's no longer like, oh, you know, this is this is terrible. I don't know what, what we're, you know, it's more of now let's do this, you know, and, and it's totally doable. And so it's there's more more support uh, from different avenues. I mean, yeah, so it's really good. It seems like you just need to get the ball rolling. Right, you lose right. Lose a bit of right. weight and then you add yes, on to that. Yes. You know, issues sometimes in, in relationships is, you know, when and we see this with diabetes too, where sometimes the, the family or the spouse or, or the friend um, becomes like the police, the food police, you know, and it's like, oh, should you be eating that? And, you know, that causes a lot of conflict um, because the last thing that person needs is an external voice mm-hmm. telling them something they keep telling them themselves throughout the entire day and that can just immediately change the dynamic oh, of a relationship yeah. from yeah. like you know we're intimate to like you're my mom or, or dad yes, you know or like yes, yes. you know sorry yeah. go on oh no yeah, yeah. where we're, you're you're being lectured at yeah. i mean you know and we see it too with our patients with well diabetes. i just got lectured at actually for yeah. by steve and jenny before we started this for my <laughs> diet I don't feel good about it. I um, didn't do anything. <laughs> it was Steve. Yeah. No, I, no. I mean, Steve literally I said I radiate. I radiate. I glow at night from the inflammation of all the pro-inflammatory oh foods I eat. Which I'm. I ordered a, a like a keto bowl for lunch now. Which now I'm. He wants to impress you, about. He yeah. did. You did really good. I did. That was that was great. Yeah, thank that you. That was great. I feel less glowy. You know, even though we covered this on TCOID Live, I thought maybe it might be a good idea to repeat. Um, uh, what are the medications that are have been the most successful for you? Mm-hmm. We've been talking about the GLP-1 receptor agonists. Right. Um, and maybe just recover those because that, that has changed the way we treat diabetes oh, yeah. type 2. And that's also the way you're, you're treating uh, weight problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is the, the beauty of, of uh, practicing this now because of the options. So with the GLP-1 agonists like... Um, well, you know, there's the, the side of diabetes with uh, Trulicity and, and Victoza, Bidurian, um, and Ozempic. So now t- to know that these pa- that patients have lost so much weight, have improved their glycemic control or their blood sugars, to now being able to use this for weight loss and feel comfortable to do that because we've been using it for years, um, it feels great. So um, there's now Wigovi, um, which came out in June, um, fantastic uh, medication. I mean, I've had patients lose 40 pounds, um, and patients are just it increases their their quality of life. They feel really, really good, you know, to and confident. And, you know, it, they're coming off medications. I mean, this is something we, 
you know, have not done uh, unless a person got bariatric surgery where now we're like cutting down the insulin and, and, and their blood pressure medications and things like that. So it's nice to now have this, uh, you know, with Saxenda and, um, and Wigovi where patients are, are, are losing a significant amount of weight. Yeah, I think the other thing that's, that's really cool about these drugs is that they work for diabetes. Right. You know, they help people with obesity they have you know cardiovascular protection potentially like kidney protection and which is all good for the drug but the other cool thing about that is that finally we're talking about this as all kind of yeah. one thing mm-hmm. diabetes obesity cardiovascular disease right. we've always kind of known that mm-hmm. but it's been very siloed and now people are using words like cardiometabolic alliance mm-hmm. and obesity and because we have things that you know treat all these things we're realizing they're, they're all kind of one thing right right yeah, it's nice you say that. I um, was in a conference recently, and was this Obesity Week? No, this was another one. Okay. This was actually I, the endocrinology one. Okay, <laughs> not as fun as Obesity Week. Yeah. Obesity Week no, is they wild. did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that one was really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> but it was nice to see um, like cardiologists talking in the conference and nephrologists talking. It's like we're all now mm-hmm. because of these classes of mm-hmm. medications are becoming one entity. When before is like. Oh, I don't know why your cardiologist told you to do that because yeah. this is what you should do. Or the nephrologist, it's, I mean, we're treating one human. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's nice to have these um, medications now kind of bringing us together with the SGLT2s and now the, the nephrologists using them and, you know, the GO and the cardiologists using it now too for, for heart failure you, and all that good stuff. You're so, right. It's the first yeah. time in my career that we're, right. <laughs> we're dealing, we're discussing these things right. with our colleagues mm-hmm. from kidney and heart conditions Mm -hmm. you know the other thing i was going to say is i have two uh, i would say wives of friends who do not have type 2 diabetes we got them on a low dose glp1 and we got one approved for we which is just the same thing as ozempic but Mm -hmm. higher dose and the one thing that really helped them was this uh ozempic now called ozempic we facebook group Oh, nice. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if it's mostly women, mm-hmm. but I, I get the impression that it is. Mm-hmm. It's for people that are on these medications for the primary reason of mm-hmm. helping them lose weight. Mm-hmm. And that apparently has just having a support group mm-hmm. while you're going through the titration where you might get a little nausea. Everyone's got their own little tricks how to deal with it. Right. So, you know, even though we talked about before that these drugs work centrally in your brain, whether you have, you know, counseling or not, it's nice to have additional support. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I love that, that patients now have, um, you know, like Facebook groups and um, on social media where they support each other. And I have patients come in and say, oh, this person on, on the group online said this. And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. You know, so it's 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 nice that it goes out of the examining room and now into you know, other people supporting each other as well. Well, if you don't mind, tell us, like, you know, some, some patient case. I actually like that testosterone story you told us. Okay. I think that's a really good example. So yeah. go for it. Okay, yeah. So um, I actually had a consult uh, for a young patient, 35 years old male patient, who um, had low testosterone. And because of that, his libido was low. Um, you know, energy, you know, was, it was difficult for him to maintain muscle mass when he would go to the gym. So all the symptoms of low testosterone. And um, when we met, uh, when we had our, our consult, it's, I, his BMI w- was quite high. It was like 38. And, um, you know, 
I told them we could approach this in different ways. Uh, obviously, I mean, we have to rule out that there's not, you know, a tumor in the pituitary and things like that. So we, we did that th kind of a, a full biochemical um, evaluation just to make sure there was not something else at root. Um, and after that, I told them we could go by this in two ways. Um, you know, putting you on testosterone replacement is not going to fix the problem. So I think that we should definitely address your weight, see how you do. Um, because he, he felt that if he had the testosterone, he was gonna, everything was just going to get better. Jimmy, could you give people an idea yeah. what a BMI of 38 is, like 100 pounds over right. your ideal body weight? Is that, that sort of that range? Yeah, yeah. So he was, um, he was like 280 around there. So, um, you know, basic, and he, you know, football player when he was in high school. And, you know, obviously now he's married, has kids, and it's a different life. So... Basically, uh, when I, I talked to him about weight management, and I said, you know, let's let's try let's try this medication. It's called Wigovi, um, and you know, we're, I'm going to pair you up with my registered dietitian, and just kind of working with that and changing his lifestyle and tweaking his diet. And yeah, he lost 40 pounds. His testosterone went up, and libido was back. His wife came with him to the visit, and she's like, "Thank you." I he, was didn't, like, he didn't have a wife before, right? No, he, he, did, had, okay. he did. He <laughs> did. Come on, Jerry. <laughs> try to be an adult. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So it, it was great and so rewarding to then see this young guy um, get his life back, you know, from, well, from the weight loss. I think that's such a great story because obviously somebody saw him, you right. know, uh, could clearly see this guy had weight issues. And physicians are guilty, too, of wanting the quick yeah, fix yeah. and saying, well, let's just check your testosterone and we'll give you a you know, shot and everything mm -hmm. will be fine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, look, if we address the root cause, right. have you lose weight, that your testosterone will improve, you're, you know, right. you'll sleep better, you know, lower risk of sleep apnea, all these kinds of things can kind of fall in line. Right. So, And I think, it again, it starts with that it can be difficult to have that conversation, mm -hmm. that when that patient's sitting in front of you, a lot of physicians will still shy away from discussing weight. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do think that, that we have an advantage in that way, that especially with you, that people are expecting to talk about mm -hmm. weight, just like with us, they're expecting to talk about diabetes. And at least right. that one barrier is down because people have already made the first proactive step of like, let's talking about right. this. But anyways, I think that's a great success story. And yeah. You know, yeah. and, and here he is, the dad, he's the husband, he's the father. and Recently married. <laughs> yeah, two kids. Uh, and the, despite feeling better, his libido went up, his right. wife's happier. Yeah. I mean, he's probably doing things with his uh, eating habits mm -hmm. that's going to positively affect the whole family. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Because then now the kids are in a different environment. Um, you know, he learned about different ways of eating. So it's, you know, usually we do have like the spouse or the person that's cooking, you know, to come to the to the visits too. So uh, with the registered dietitian. So it's kind of like a ripple effect. You know, one person gets health, healthy in the household and then now the kids are more more aware. So uh, it's nice that to, as, as a provider, to feel like you're not only helping the patient but you're helping also the people around them as well, which is something we didn't have before. So let me ask you, you know, <clears throat> again, I, I do mostly type 1 diabetes, and I can identify kind of patient patterns that are, are some of the more difficult people to help. Mm -hmm. And is there an equivalent in the obesity world that there's people that, gosh, like it just seems like nothing works or that there's a, a patient type that you really struggle with or kind of common roadblocks maybe mm -hmm. that you come across? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is hard. It all depends on what their experience has been before they, they come to see us, you know, is have they had a lot of bad experience and they're a little bit jaded with, um, you know, just the medical 
system. Um, so it, it takes a little bit more of, um, you know, for them to see that uh, it is a, a different pers a different approach. Um, but I feel like everyone, you know, there everyone has challenges. But I think that there there are ways to work around it. What are some of the the misinformation that's out mm. there? Like when people come in, and you've mentioned it on the TCYD live that. You know, calories in, calories out. That's the whole story. Right. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that have crazy ideas about weight loss and what mm -hmm. works, what doesn't. What do, you, what do you hear? Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the quick fix, I would say, is, is the huge misconception where... You know, you see these commercials. You take this supplement and you'll lose, you know, 40 pounds. Money and, back guarantee. Yeah, money, money back guarantee. And you but will <laughs> glow at night. <laughs> <laughs> Certain the, parts of your body Exactly. Will glow. And then by the time you... <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> By the time uh, you want to get your money guaranteed, the company is probably not even a company anymore. So, you know, that that mentality of thinking that there's a quick fix and, um, you know, I'm going to lose weight quickly. It, it's you can't because it, it has to be pretty much a reengineering of the person's patterns and habits and how they live their life. And that takes time. So if, if we're doing it right to keep the weight off, um, that's the best approach. Um, and I always tell patients what you did to lose weight, you have to continue it to keep it off. So if you lost 20 pounds drinking celery juice for two weeks, you're not, that's not sustainable. You know, it's what not going to love celery. juice. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, there's other problems. It makes you glow at night. Jenny, you know, I mean, yeah. The other thing too is, I mean, you've you've mentioned this several times. One size doesn't fit all because we have the Mediterranean diet, we have right. the Atkins diet, right. we have the intermittent fasting mm -hmm. diet. And I remember as a kid when I was chubby, I I did the apple diet. You ate mm -hmm. eight apples a day. That's oh it. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. I lost weight. Well, because <laughs> I mean, after the fourth apple, I puked. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but you know what? I think uh, what I've learned, and I'm not the expert, but it. You know, one one size doesn't fit all. You no. got to find the caloric reduction mm. method that fits you. And yeah. we talked about intermittent fasting at our break. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, you're right. I mean, nutrition is so personal, and there are people that thrive on a healthy keto diet or on plant based or uh, intermittent fasting, which we were discussing is is great for weight management, for longevity. Um, you know, I, I usually like to tell patients, you know, last meal of the day, let's say it could be five or six p.m. And then, you know, their um, next meal can be in the morning, like at nine or ten. So using the nighttime as a as a good way to keep that fast going um, helps significantly also with that caloric restriction. So and of course, in that time window, when they are eating to eat good food you know we're not going to be eating um you know unhealthy foods <laughs> and during that time she's pointing at me again. yes <laughs> yeah. so so what about this idea you know everybody you know people fail diets quote unquote i'm doing air quotes right now yeah. for all kinds of reasons but you know they go on a diet they restrict their calories they get hungry mm -hmm. and you know what about this idea that people's weight is set you know, that if you look at my weight a year ago, it was probably pretty darn close to what it is mm -hmm. now. And yeah. you think about all the calories I've eaten in a year that our bodies gravitate towards a certain yeah. set point of weight. And yes. how do you reset that? Right. That's true. Yeah. So we do have a set point and the body likes to fight to keep it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, it's, you know, the 
fat tissue or the adipose tissue is programmed to live. So why? Because if we're in a moment of, you know, fathom, no food, that's our reserve. And that's how we were kind of made. Was right? that part of that lecture you gave? Oh, it was so <laughs> good. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically... It, it's hard because, uh, and this is where the medications come into play. Yeah. Because if if your body's kind of working against you, totally. You know, then now if you you start, let's say, um, uh, the GLP one agonist, now your brain is like, I don't want food, so you know you're going to have to tap into that fat cell for energy. There's no other way. So, and this is how patients start to to um, see the, the the scale move. Would you say that? You know, you're, you're so right, Jeremy. It's so hard to yeah. change your weight. <clears throat> Everything's fighting to bring you back to that weight. But mm-hmm. if you really fight, and I would say it takes a long time, I don't mm-hmm. know how long, months, mm-hmm. you get to a new p- lower plateau, mm-hmm. and then maybe your lipostat, that's the word I use, you know, equilibrates <laughs> I've to never that heard level. you use that, but I like well, it. Well, I, I went to Jenny's good. lecture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you can reset, right? And it just yes, takes a amount can, of time that you're you not going to feel like you're starving right. forever. Right. And right. you're right. The medications can be so helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and these drugs, I mean, these GLP-1s, people's appetite just goes down. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I love in the beginning, Steve, when they were getting these drugs approved, remember that they would have people eat a go to a buffet right. and eat whatever they want mm-hmm. and measure their calorie content and then give them an injection of this GLP-1, you know, another day and see what they would eat. And it was mm-hmm. just drastically less. Right, right. And of course, you're going to lose weight if you're just yes. not as hungry. Yeah, um, yeah it takes it, energy. It happens. You don't need any counseling that's for it. That's a great yeah. study. Of course, yeah. getting support yeah. is helpful. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So maybe kind of bring us home, Jenny, with some, I don't know, words of wisdom or encouragement, you know, mm-hmm. out there. I, I think... Again, for me, you know, spending this day with you, it, like yeah. I'm actually left with hope because you, these drugs really are effective. You mm-hmm. know, we didn't really get into the bariatric surgery, but that is there for people. Yeah. And this this is something that if people commit to just addressing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of getting rid of some of the shame and I'm going to go see an expert, I'm going to, you know, address this with medications, mm-hmm. that it literally can be life changing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I tell patients, you have to be your number one advocate. So, you know, Feeling like, oh, I have to just depend on my provider, whatever my doctor says, that's what I'm going to do. No, you, the information's out there, you know, podcasts like this help patients dramatically, you know, to see what are the options. Because, you know, unfortunately, not every doctor is aware of these medications. So then that's a conversation where the patient now feels empowered and they come in and they say, I want to try this medication. Is this good for me? So, um, again, a great and then all the support system, the support groups out there as well, you know, with like Facebook and and other social medias as well. I, it it just it's a different it's a different sense now, uh, more empowering, and there's things that can be done. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that's you know kind of the mantra of, right. of TCOID is exactly like yeah. you know yeah. advocate for yourself and mm-hmm. and don't be afraid. You know, if your doctor says you know. Doctors don't like saying, I don't know, but if they can say, well, then can you refer me to somebody or, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere I can go or do your own kind of, you know, Google searches, um, you know, maybe a way to kind of end it. Like what if someone's sitting in rural Nebraska right now and they feel like they don't have the the resources, Mm -hmm. like where do they start? Yeah, I mean, online, there's so many options. So, you know, we talked about a a platform called Noom. I mean, there's so many platforms um, available now where people can integrate into a lifestyle program to help them lose weight. Um, You know, and there's so much content, too, um, here also. (laughs) This this is a great way of, of learning. And then 
to learn more online and then present it to to their provider. Yeah, yeah. And it, we do have online at tcoidea.org yeah, yeah. our our video vault, and yes. you actually did a lecture, I think, Jenny, with Steve. Right, on right, right. There. Yeah. yeah. So it's free, you know, all completely yeah. free video content on everything: diabetes mm-hmm. medications, weight loss medications, right, all right. that. So and that keeps growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that has really been, as we say a million times, a silver lining of COVID. Mm-hmm. Of kind of decentralizing this this information that it, you know your care should not be based on where you were born, where you currently live. Everybody should have access to at least this information, and then you know find providers to help. But exactly, um, well, well said. Yep. So, Steve, you want to bring us home? <laughs> okay, we, you brought us home. Now I'll bring us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, anyway, <laughs> we were like ten miles away from home. Yeah. Yes, we're like yes, two. we're closer now. Yeah. Everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, please. Do check out our website where I have a lot more information. And Jenny, uh, now that she's moving to San Diego where our studio is located, mm-hmm. we're going to have her on many more times. And don't forget, June 18th, 18th is our next virtual conference. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the TCOID podcast, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.